Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how you doing? Listen, for the first time in about... God, have we ever done a video version of the podcast? Have we ever sort of like spoken to each other and been able to see each other uh, over the internet in the three years we've been doing this podcast? No, we haven't. This is very (laughs) surreal. For the first time ever, ladies and gentlemen, Pete and I can actually see each other because we're using Zoom and it's rather surreal. Yeah. I don't know how to feel. Yeah, we. You look very healthy. You've got a lovely little uh, kind of. You got a, um, a fine selection of little lights in your room. Uh, you've got almost a little set kind of created, and, and a beautiful diffused glow from your um, paper paper doors. It's nice. This is my studio for abroad in Japan. So right. the place where I'm sitting right now. If you watch like an abroad in Japan episode, like that's where I sit, and it's really quite good. Like it's taken me eight years to get to this point because if you look at <laughs> any abroad in Japan video, it's just me in a dimly lit room poorly framed and it's all rubbish but Mm. in the last year I've started putting the effort in and uh, recently I've got it to a point that I'm very happy with and uh, (laughs) if you saw the recent reaction video that you yourself are in Pete with your French alter ego you can see the room for itself there and see kind of how it looks Uh, people love your character by the way well, look, I mean, out of all of the characters that uh, seem to want to review you uh, on that video, I-, I very much enjoyed... Who's the guy who you got to film a little bit for your for your channel? George Japan. George, George Japan. Japan. I really, really enjoyed that because it was a surprise, even though I thought... Even though it's, ob- it's an obvious gag in many ways, didn't see it coming. I got very excited when it did come. <laughs> it's the power of a in Japan. I can call yeah. up George Japan at a moment's notice to be like, George, get in my video. And, uh, he's a nice guy. <laughs> I literally just dropped him an email. And I thought, you know what? I'm, I, there's a lot of things in the video where I'm a little bit mean, a bit mm. mean spirited. I did don't roast. T- don't him tell him about it. Feel, don't tell him about it. <laughs> well, I felt a bit guilty, and I was like, you know what? I'll counter that by getting George in the video, yeah. and then I'll look nice. And uh, he was, he was, he was a good lad. He was on good form. But did he uh, did he give you feedback yeah. about the reaction video on the reaction video? He was delighted. He hasn't made a reaction video reacting to my reaction video right. of him reacting to my okay. video of me reacting to the wall. Like it's there's already like two reaction videos I think of people reacting to my video. <laughs> That's that? creating another <gasps> level of like Inception style Perception. nonsense. Love it. It's mental. Bloody reaction <laughs> videos. 
it's uh, it's all getting out of hand. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I did it though. We've talked about doing it for like months. I know I've talked about doing it on here, on and off for ages. So it's nice yeah. to finally get it done. And uh, it's nice because I guess it's well a sort received. of question. It's a sort of question that people like will ask you quite a lot. Are you annoyed about mm. this? Do you find this problematic? And uh, yeah, just nice, nice for everyone to know that, that you definitely do, and you're really annoyed by it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad that. Over 600,000 people have now seen you as your French alter ego. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. It's a little bit of a, 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 yeah, a, an amplification of my, of my fine work. I, I looked at that channel. It's got a, lot, <laughs> got a lot of views. Not many subscribers, but a lot of views thanks to your uh, click-through. So there you go. People didn't stick around. <laughs> people didn't expect more videos from me, so they didn't stick around. <laughs> Rightly so, Pete, yeah. uh, given your track record. Well. Um, I love the way I'm balancing the webcam on a box right now. Mm. And though we are filming this with video, ladies and gentlemen, you aren't going to see us, thankfully, because uh, Pete looks like the Emperor out of Star Wars right now. He's got a hoodie over his head. Yeah. I'm balancing the laptop on a cardboard box at a high angle. And within this box is, uh, is this, Atmosphere Aerosol. Check this out. Oh, what's This that? is Aerosol. In a cat. It's a, basically a spray that you use to mist up the room. So if you want to make a kind of foggy cinematic look, you just spray this around. Give us a little bit. It makes. Come on. Well, give us a little I don't bit. Even use the damn stuff. I've got like. What if 10 it's really cans toxic and you just go quiet? <laughs> well, it definitely is. It is says this... on it professional haze, shake well, danger, extremely flammable. Is this made right, in the same go. factory as your. Uh... <laughs> it's just water in a can, <laughs> mate. <laughs> this came all the way from Florida and it's extremely flammable and I'm a bit worried about spraying it around now but uh, I've got like 10 cans of this in a box so if my apartment ever goes up in flames it's going to be like on a small nuclear bomb going up in, what is in this? Sendai what is, it, is this made in the same um, factory as your... Um your bath mat full of asbestos. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> you're going to be filling your house full of little asbestos fibres. If it's not an asbestos bath mat, it is an atmospheric aerosol. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't used it in a single video, so I don't know why I no. bought this. Okay. Came all the way from Florida. It took like two months special shipping to get here. Atmospheric water. I still haven't used it. Lovely. And all I've used it for is to balance my webcam at a higher angle to make me look thin. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, and apologies, ladies and gentlemen, for the... Uh, the delay in the second Connor podcast when Pete Donaldson is not in the podcast when he's been replaced Saboteur. by guest he deliberately sabotages the podcast um, yeah. and that is why it was like five hours late but I it is up, up on, now, so yeah I mean I woke up in the morning I mean it was a few hours late would you would do two a week for crying loud a few hours Sabotage. late especially when everyone's in bed everyone's asleep it's absolutely fine the only people who would have noticed were the people who presumably were east of GMT I don't know really I don't know, but all um, I know is whenever one of our podcasts is more than five minutes late, I get bombarded on Twitter. Uh, rightly so, rightly it. so. If something goes wrong, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, do let us know. Do yeah. let us know when Pete is oh, sabotaging the podcast. The thing is that the, it, through the history, I mean, I've been doing podcasts for about 15, 16 years now, and um, the it is unbelievably important that someone lets me know that there's something wrong with the podcast unbelievably important because uh, not not if you're having trouble downloading it that's a different situation we always have trouble with that because servers and people have different programs on their phones actually scratch that I never want to hear that the podcast is uh, is problematic but um, but if there's like a bum edit or something like in the past when people have got in touch you're like oh thank god someone got someone listened to it uh, really really early and, and, and told me that I left Chris being awful high and dry <laughs> yes but uh, it was good to have Connor on though I don't know if you've listened to it I don't know if you're how you feel about being replaced by 
uh, rugged Welsh man for, for two oh, episodes. He, but it he's, went down quite he well. is the full package, lad. isn't he? He's a good lad, tall, good looking, very deep uh, baritone voice. He's, he's just got the lot, really, hasn't he? It's, it's disgusting. I'm furious. Puts my voice. I'm very jealous of his voice. It's very deep and very, very Welsh yes, and exciting. Mm, I indeed. like it. Um, but yeah, go and check it out if you missed it, guys. Uh, mm. The two episodes with Connor, Sea Dog VA, of Trash Taste fame. Uh, and now we turn our attention to Story of the Week, and it's from Christopher from Northumberland. I always feel weird about the name Christopher because my name's Christopher, but I feel uncomfortable when people say Christopher. It's just Chris. So <laughs> I feel a bit weird about that. Are some people, do some people like, like to have the full name, do you think? Um, or is it as just. A, I mean. Yeah, like I, you're I, Pete, but your your full name is Peter, isn't it? Yeah, you, I mean, but I weird? I got rebranded kind of, and, and just everyone started calling me Peter. I was always Peter um, up until about again 15 years ago when I started podcasting, uh, and then just people started calling me Pete, and I never I could never really rescue it, I, and and it seems a bit kind of haughty <laughs> to sort of go, no, it's actually Peter, Peter. I always introduce myself as Peter, and then it just becomes Pete. Easy peasy. Well, from now on, we will call you Peter, Peter Donaldson. Donaldson. It does sound a bit more difficult. It's an extra syllable. Well, I, I don't have a uh, I don't have a middle name, see. So it's nice to sort oh, of really? have it. it it's it's, oh. it's nice to add a little bit to my name because otherwise it's just four unlovable uh, syllables. Well, in Christopher's email uh, to the fax machine, it begins: "Hello, Chris and Pierre." Yeah. Uh, a reference to your French uh, persona. <laughs> Hello, Chris and Pierre. I very much enjoyed the reaction inception this week, and I thought I would react with my own story on the subject of what not to do. In Japan. It was a little over a year ago when two friends and I were visiting Japan for the first time. And one evening, while staying in Nippori, just north of Ueno, uh, we decided to dine at Izakaya near the hotel in Tokyo. Uh, upon arriving, we saw that there were nearly no tables at the front of the restaurant, and that most of the tables were on tatami mats at the back. Fear not, after nearly three weeks abroad, we were well acquainted with the etiquette of shoes and tatami, or so I thought. After being seated and ordering food, one of our party, the only smoker in the group got out his cigarettes to smoke but was politely informed by the staff that he would have to smoke outside so off he popped as me and my other friend attempted to decipher the unknown items on the menu a few moments later we heard a sheepish call from the entrance at the far end of the restaurant lads i've done a faux pas <laughs> <laughs> my friend had for reasons i still can't fathom stepped out onto the street barefoot uh, to have his cigarette without first putting his sandals back on and him and his filthy feet was subsequently barred from rejoining us on the tatami. Uh, he was provided with a tiny table at the front of the restaurant where he tiny ate the rest table. of the food that he'd ordered all by himself. This was the only time to our knowledge that we made a scene or gave offence to anyone while visiting the friendly and welcoming people of Japan. Moral of the story respect the tatami. Keep up the great pos- podcasting guys. Uh, sincerely Christopher from Northumberland that is impressive a special tiny table for the smoker. Aww. What do you make of that? A tiny tatami table. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you got sort of any sort of uh, like hostel or something that where I've stayed, or, or even like a really nice hotel and they've got tatami mats down. You're like, these 
I think I'm uh, the, the smell off them. The actual the grass that they use to, to weave the uh, the tatami. Oh, it's pretty um, potent. It's pretty strong, isn't it? And I'm oh, yeah. relatively certain I slept. I can't remember where. What uh, can I go or somewhere? I was somewhere, and it was the day before I met you for Journey Across Japan on on the bike. And I my face swelled up, and I am 99% certain that it was down to uh, tatami, like being being allergic to that particular kind of grass, because my whole sort of eyes and and head sort of swelled up and um I, I think I said it before I went to a uh, hospital and just went, oh, what's going on? Um, she said, you went did you, did you hospital? I went to a hospital. Japan. Yeah, it was really confusing. I didn't get anything that I needed. Good she God. she did she did um, give me the address of an eye hospital, which was good. But then um, yeah, I, I, I just sort of massively swelled up. It's never happened before. Never happened again. And I just can't help but think it's something to do with the the tatami mats. It definitely. I've never heard of that before. You've well, made up. You probably stuck some Tabasco in your fucking eye. <laughs> well, they, I know they what you're like a red eye. In well, your they eye. gave us. Um, it was sort of very. Um, they were, she was very keen to sort of say that it was probably alcohol related, which it probably was because I got drunk the it night definitely before. Definitely was. Yeah. Weird though. Weird. I, very strange. I have never heard. I've got an allergy to everything under the sun, especially <laughs> cats, and I have never had an allergic reaction to tatami. But well, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to find out if that's a thing. If any of you guys listening have a tatami allergy. Let us know if yeah. it exists or not, and we'll solve the mystery of Pete's inflamed but they're, eyes. They're very clean because obviously nobody can touch them, can't they? So I think, um, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine, like in, in the restaurants, like there's the, the, the in, effectively the socks that brush against them, presumably clean the tatami mats, so you don't even have to dust them. Exactly. I've even heard that uh, you're not supposed to walk on tatami mats barefoot because the oil in your skin, right, will degrade to rot the tatami, tatami mat. Like re- places that are really anal about walking on tatami, they'll mm. make you wear a, like socks. But this is consistently the only thing I've ever said in my what not to do videos that you shouldn't do. Like, don't ever put shoes near tatami. That is yeah. the only thing where I've seen like someone lose their temper was like someone, one of my friends, walking on some tatami with his shoes. And it's and you're right, it smells really strong when they mm. replace tatami mats. The smell is extremely overpowering and extremely unpleasant. Like I remember. <laughs> When I first moved into my apartment in my first uh, year, when I got here, right, they just replaced everything in the apartment. Everything right. was kind of new and clean, and the tatami mats were replaced. I remember walking in thinking, has somebody died in here? Animals <laughs> just died. And quickly became aware that it was tatami, and I had to sort of adjust to it, and my nose adjusted got to used, the scent right. of tatami over a year period. But it's pretty brutal. It's pretty hardcore. It, it smells nose. like a farm. It smells like um, a, a hair barn or something. <laughs> a lot of hair bales. Because I guess it's a similar sort of thing. It smells like a dead animal. That's the best way I can describe <laughs> it. Um, but there you go. Yeah. But what a wonderful situation. At least uh, Chris's friend, he was smoking. At least he still got to enjoy uh, <laughs> enjoy the izakaya, <laughs> despite breaking the only rule not to be broken uh, in Japan. Um so this week in the news, <laughs> ridiculous story uh, from Osaka. Oh, I swear all the weirdest stories we have on this podcast come from Osaka. Yeah. Why is it Osaka? What goes on there? Drinking. Um, <laughs> drinking. drinking. It's definitely drinking, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Osaka did something a bit dodgy recently. Um, obviously, coronavirus still a thing in Japan. Numbers are low, but ongoing. Uh, although cases are down at the moment, so that's always good. But um, recently, people who suspect... Are suspected to be positive to coronavirus have to take a test, right? Like a PCR mm. test. Um, so you do the test, and then you get an envelope, and then in the envelope you have like a little bit of paper telling you if you're positive or not. And for a lot of people in Japan, there's a this is a really nerve wracking thing. 
you know because while it's people what like it's there's a real stigma around coronavirus in japan yeah. getting it can really look bad for you your family your, like anyone in your group and your company um but anyway so people that have been taking the test and getting results back in Osaka uh, have been getting it in an envelope with an ad on it uh, because the Osaka municipal government uh, allow ads to be printed on the envelopes because they want to make more money. Right. Sounds a little bit cheap to me. <laughs> but what's, go- what's been going on is uh, the people receiving their results in the envelope, the envelope has an ad on the side of it for a funeral parlour uh, telling people, <laughs> like giving people like free vouchers to their, fun- their own funeral, um, which seems a little bit inappropriate, uh, given the the sort of the terrifying nature around <laughs> around uh, around COVID nineteen and getting it. Uh, and a lot of people have been complaining about this, you know, getting their results, and then on, there on the back of the envelope is a big advert uh, for how to find a reasonably priced funeral. Uh, <laughs> have you seen the photo? Have you seen the photo of this, Pete? Yeah, I mean it, it's um. It's just kind of like on the back of an unlovable, like governmental-looking kind of uh, uh, envelope. You've got like a sort of un- unenjoyable green kind of advert, all one colour um, advert. Is that the kanji for big at the start of it as well? <laughs> big problems. Big if you've funeral. got, a, if you've got a big funeral plan, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> <laughs> big funeral. I yeah. The company says the company's free consultation service promises to explain pricing and options to give clients a concrete image of what kind of funeral the company can provide. Isn't that nice? It's just so, it's a bit strong, isn't it? It's like, especially if you and again, if you have if you have coronavirus and you, and you have the test and you're having to administer it yourself, you're probably a little bit worried about what your future holds. And then getting that on the back, I mean, my word, it's a bit it's a little bit strong, isn't it? question is do you think it's deliberate do you think they're you know japanese efficiency they're one step ahead of the curve yeah or was it just a sheer coincidence what do you think <sighs> bit bit of column a bit of column b <laughs> <laughs> well they claim that uh it's just sheer coincidence uh so yeah in 2006 the city began selling ad space on the back of envelopes as part of a fundraising initiative and it's simply right. an unfortunate coincidence that the envelopes <laughs> distributed to the health offices had the funeral service company's ads on them so it wasn't a deliberate a deliberate choice um although i feel like it would be i i, I mean yeah it's probably a good thing it wasn't deliberate no definitely it, it would be very, i mean these kind of decisions get made and they don't necessarily see how it's all going to pan out i mean i guess there'll be loads of different documents from governmental agencies and, and obviously funeral but you've got to be careful with funeral home adverts you just have to be it's well nice. i mean it could it, it could also be like a stern warning right if you're not going to follow the guidelines in the packet in the yeah. in the envelope you'd be in um, a packet you know, you're pretty much signing your own death warrant <laughs> it's uh it's, yeah it's a bit strong. Uh, but also in the same week, uh, there's, a, there's actually a vending machine now that you where you can buy a PCR test uh, for three thousand five hundred yen. Right, you can get anything in a vending machine in Japan, as we've established mm. over the years. Uh, but there's a there's a vending machine, uh, and it's there's one in Tokyo, uh, the Buddhist temple, uh, where for three thousand five hundred yen, about thirty four dollars, you can get a PCR test. You take it home, do the test, send it off for the post, and then you get an email result telling you. Uh, if you've got it or not. So thankfully you uh, you don't have to worry about the dodgy envelopes covered in funeral <laughs> parlour adverts. But uh, vending machine's still one step ahead of the curve, it seems, in Japan. Yeah, three th- I mean, 3,500 yen. 
um, thirty-four dollars. I mean, what if that one of them gets caught in the in the vending machine innards? You're going to be very upset. <laughs> or what if you get two? Absolutely, quids in. Very enjoyable. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. This week at Sukarnov. Over at Self Care Club, Wellness Road Tested, Lauren and Nicole discussed intuitive eating and rebelling against diet culture. Actually, I'm really proud of myself that I did that because it was hard and it was bloody brave to actually stand up and say, you know what? I choose my life. I choose to have quality of life. I choose to be two dress sizes bigger and much fucking happier for it. For even more great content, there's also a brand new episode of Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy, who sat down with Borussia Mönchengladbach's assistant manager, René Marich. He talked through his journey from a football blogger to coaching one of the most exciting football teams in Europe. He always focus on the next game and he focus on every opponent, no matter which competition and uh, the level of the opposition. He always focus on each opposition the same in terms of investment of time and resources. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarnov. 
I swear, when I back when I lived in the UK, like one in three vending machines, it got stuck, and I had to like kick it. <laughs> Why is that a thing? Like we've done, we've built like technology that can take us to the moon. Mm. We've built airlines and air travel and rockets and nuclear bombs, mm. but we can't make a vending machine in the UK. We but, can't but, make yeah, a vending but, machine that yeah. works effectively. Exactly, and and, uh, and the ones that you see at. I'm, I'm sort of thinking specifically of Watford train station. Uh, there's a lot of vending machines in Watford train station, and the water gets in the <laughs> the actual holes, and so you get your, your your chocolate bar or your chocolate milk or anything chocolatey, and and you grab it, and you just got your hand in this wet, tepid old water. It's mm. horrible. But I've never had a Japanese um, vending machine rip me off in any way. I just don't think they'd stand for it here. That'd be like <laughs> a newsworthy event. Like remember a few years ago when a train was like 20 seconds late and it was a national story. Like it shook uh, the people of Japan to their core. Like if, if a vending machine broke, I feel like it would be a similar newsworthy event. Yeah. Uh, where people would rise up in protest at the, the vending machine that didn't dispense the Kit Kats. Um, but there you go. And I love the way they've placed this PR, PCR uh, test vending machine at a 350-year-old temple uh, mm. in Tokyo, of all the places. Like, go to the temple, pray for good fortune, get a PCR test. Job well, done. It's yeah, Saturday exactly. morning. I mean, it, well, I guess it's kind of, um, if you're assembling for some kind of religious idea and, you know, religious organisation, like, I suppose you would be coming into contact people with people that you wouldn't normally come into contact with, so it's probably quite a good idea. More of that. It's probably... <laughs> One step ahead of the game again. Exactly. Funerals and envelopes and vending machines <laughs> with COVID-19 tests at Buddhist yep. temples. We now turn our attention uh, to the fax machine. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Dawson? We've got a message from... Oh, hang on. I've, I've scrolled my iPad down the wrong way. Nicole from New Jersey, USA. Hello, Peachy Pete and Carnivorous Chris. I love the podcast. I listen to you guys every morning before work. Well, a very good morning from us to you, Nicole, from New Jersey, USA. Um, the reason I decided to write in was because your podcast and YouTube channel have caused some serious issues between me and my family. Half of them think I'm a oh, bellend. God. Half of them think you're a bellend, Chris. Um, I'm a recent college graduate working my first full-time job and I'm still living at home with my parents and sister. This means I have no privacy. One day I was listening to your podcast and my family overheard it. They asked about who you are and what I was listening to or watching. They, uh, To my surprise, they looked at me like I was insane when I told them about you and your channel. They, for some reason, uh, are extremely judgmental about my interest in Japan. They think I'm odd and make fun of me for it. Um, I just laugh it off and tell them they are being stupid, but secretly it bothers me. I haven't told them about my dream to, to go to Japan, uh, and I'm planning uh, to, uh, to go and wish to learn Japanese. I feel like it would just uh, make fun of me. So, uh, I wanted to ask you guys if this sort of thing has ever happened to you. Has anyone ever judged you or thought it was odd when they learned of your interest in Japan? If so, I would love to uh, know why you think people feel this way and tell me how I should deal with this behaviour from my family. Thanks again for the awesome content, uh, content and keep up the great work. An ostracised fan, Nicole from New Jersey, <laughs> USA. Strong words from the family. Very upsetting. Yeah, I mean... Uh, that's weird. What? Why are they? Why ask them? Like, get to the bottom of this. Why are they so extremely bloody judgmental? I don't know. Yeah. I. It's not uncommon though. I think a lot of people see folks' interest in Japan as sort of I don't know the the negative connotations surrounding being uh, otaku, like a mm. geek or a nerd or something, completely unfounded. But uh, I don't know. My family. I never had a reaction like that. Um, I think some of my elderly relatives were like. That, you know, in the UK, I still have family members that lived through World War Two, and their resounding memories of Japan are what happened in the prisoner of war camps. So they're like, yeah. why would you want to go there? So it's like, well, 
That was a long time ago, and it was bad, but things have changed since then. Yeah. Uh, other members of my family were just confused. Why Why go there? Um, mm. Because we don't have that kind of historic relationship, do we, between the UK and Japan uh, mm. that's as deep, I feel, um, or a connection there. So, yeah, I think bewilderment was <laughs> the, the sort of what I got from my family. But, uh, I mean, do your family, how do they feel about your love of Japan? Given you come here over before the... The old COVID thing, you did come here quite a lot uh, to an almost worrying and su- suspected... <laughs> quite a lot. Like You've been here like 10 times or something. It's like you've yeah. got a secret wife in oh, yeah, definitely or something. And kids. And uh, kids. You visit. Yeah, and but kids. I mean, you obviously... You've come over two or three times to see But the difference between like, Nicole, uh, Nicole's reason for wanting to go to Japan and, uh, and how people would regard a man who enjoys going to the Far East often, <laughs> there are connotations, let's say. <laughs> and it's not as bad as th- those who go to Southeast Asia uh, very often. It's, it's, it's not quite as bad, but it is, it's in the same ballpark. It's, you know, it, it, people think you've got a fetish. And, um, Absolutely. But my fetish is for drinking and drinking birus. But, um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, so it's not never going to be as bad as that. But I'll also say that um, I always... I remember um, um, singing and playing the guitar, my little, uh, my little Fender Stratocaster, uh, in the house. I thought the house was empty in my, in my house in Hartlepool, mm. uh, the family home. And my mum came home early, and I was singing my heart out, and I was playing the guitar... And uh, my mum thought, instead of just going, that's his time, he's enjoying himself, he's expressing himself, I should support him, uh, she ran upstairs and started laughing at me. So, <laughs> and I never sang in the house again. I never performed, oh, ever. Cause I, so I think extinguished. I do think sometimes we, 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 we take jest, um, we don't take it very well, and we think that it's a, a bigger deal than it actually is. So that might be the case, Nicole. You may just be a little bit uh, uh, tender, a little bit sensitive to it, or oversensitive, um, and they don't mean anything by it. They're just like, oh, yeah, a bit weird, interesting. Hmm. Isn't that that's <laughs> sad, though? Do you think, I think your mum crushed your chances of becoming the next Ed Sheeran before Look, Ed Sheeran yeah. was, was even completely, a thing himself. I completely like, agree. I completely agree, Chris. You're very correct. Imagine if she said, well done, Pete, Peter, uh, you're a great <laughs> performer. Yeah, You're going to get a bigger house. You can let's, perform there. Let's Nurture take you it. to the uh, yeah. Let's 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 build you a little shed. We can, you can practice your tunes in there. No, she she just laughed. In fact, when I f- first announced, <laughs> bearing in mind I'd gone through two uh, aborted attempts to learn a instrument in the form of a cornet slash trumpet slash euphonium slash violin, I gave up on all of those dreams and uh, I decided oh. I wanted to, I wanted to play the guitar. And my mum bought me an inflatable guitar. That's how it's you know. What? She, they're not a supportive family. Not a supportive family. Oh, <laughs> one laugh, one laugh from your mum was all it took to reshape oh, took... your entire destiny. Exactly. Don't make the same mistakes, Nicole. Your mum and dad, they Don't mess you up. Don't to your family. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to your family. No, um, don't worry about it. And going back to your point a minute ago, I did, I did when I started telling people I was interested in going to Japan, they did just assume that I wanted to date like a Japanese woman or something. Mm. They thought yeah. I had some sort of interest. Well, that had never really factored into it. Although it definitely factors into a lot of people. Coming <laughs> oh, yeah. Over. We, oh, yeah. We, we of, you go then, you're like, yeah, I know what you're here for, you absolute weirdo. And also, yeah, we, that's most of our messages, isn't it? And, and you know, most of your popular videos, I mean, some of your pop, most popular videos involve the fairer sex, doesn't they? <laughs> <laughs> We've got one here from Marcello or Marcello. 
from Ooh. Denmark and it says uh, hi Oni Chris and Pete Chan have you ever watched the YouTube channel Tokyo Llama it is centred around an Australian Japanese man who buys and renovates an old traditional Japanese style uh, abandoned house with his wife mm. uh, have you ever considered investing and renovating a house in Japan and in which prefecture and which town would you choose Sendai is not allowed keep up the awesome work cheers Marcelo from Denmark um Tokyo Llama. I have actually seen a few videos from that channel. Um, mm. It's all the rage at the moment doing like renovations in Japan because you can pretty much get like a mansion for free. Like a friend of mine living in Yamagata, uh, which is a very countryside kind of you know very rural setting mm. where the population's going down a lot. There are so many abandoned houses. Like so many people pass away, their family have moved away. Nobody wants to inherit the house. And then for like a tenner, for like five, ten dollars, you can just buy a house. And yeah. uh, I think my friend, uh, he, he got this mansion just for free. He got, he got an entire mansion <laughs> just for nothing. Um, so I have thought about it. And when Joey the, Joey the Anime Man was on the podcast last month, we, I think we theorized about him doing it then. Like he was kind of into the idea. For me, I think it would be a burden. Like you take a house in Japan that's dilapidated, you've still got to spend, you know, probably like $100,000 doing it up. Mm. And because in Japan, property prices never really go up, it's not an investment, right? Like coming from the UK, we see property as the ultimate investment, whereas in Japan, it feels like just an expense, I, I, I guess. So I wouldn't do it for that reason, other than fun. Uh, maybe I can make some money out of views, right? Just doing then, like a series. Of yeah, and then smashing my fingers start a, in with a hammer, trying to repair a house. Start a Patreon for like Chris's shitty house, and <laughs> it's just <laughs> this is it's like that uh, house they built Ned Flanders in The Simpsons. This room has oh, too much extra electricity. This 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 room has all the electricity, and then one light has got a corridor that goes really small at the end. <laughs> I love, I love it when he loses his shit, when Ned Flanders yes. just loses it, goes absolutely mental. That's a top 10 Simpsons <laughs> moment, isn't it? Um, so oh, good. man. But, uh, yeah. I like a shitty I house. I it's a YouTube channel exactly. that we need. It's the third YouTube channel for Chris. I think um, <laughs> I've seen that I've seen that um, channel before, and it's very therapeutic to watch, very relaxing. And, and although you can buy these houses for very cheap, he obviously... Um, some a lot of the houses have debt um, tied to them, and so if you buy the house, you've got to service that debt. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, um, it just it and there are very cheap houses but also you've got to go through uh, you've got to go through bidding systems you've got to fill in an unholy amount of administration as you can imagine yeah. Chris there he he just spends most of his time having to fill out bloody things and, and but then also like <laughs> looking around looking around the uh, I think some, some of the ones he, he just goes into the old sheds and garages and and, uh, and kind of places they've got little out, outbuildings they've got on his estate mm. and he'll just find like a, a safe with like I don't know, 200, 200 quid in it and stuff. It's Funny really, hell. really interesting. The stuff he finds is really, really interesting. That could be fun. Like that yeah. angle, discovering yeah. stuff in an abandoned house. Yeah, Skeletons like. in the closet. <laughs> um, the thing is, I, for what I discovered, I used to think it was really difficult to buy a house in Japan. And it's not mm. necessarily difficult if you're a foreigner. The hard thing is getting like a bank loan or a mortgage, right? right. I think that's the difficult bit. Um, if you've got like a three-year visa or something, then it's all sorts of complications. But... Technically, if you had the money to, if you had the money already, uh, even without a visa, I think you could buy a property in Japan. Like, there's nothing stopping you, for example, Pete, mm. coming over here with a suitcase full of money, full of cash, and snapping up Splashing a property on a, in a on, uh, home. on Basketball Street. 
next to gas panic. The um, <laughs> the uh, you sort of look at something like that, and you sort of go, well, does that if you buy a house, I mean, presumably that doesn't make a visa application any easier. I've got a house here. I've bought a house, and they go, get out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a, that's something to worry about, isn't it? If you had a yeah. house in a country that banned you for being a little bit weird, uh, <laughs> then that's that's something to factor in. I think. Uh, if I did have a house, I think I would get it in Yamagata, near somewhere near Natsuki, because Yamagata is my spiritual home. Uh, property is going to be cheap there, and as I said, that's where my friend got like a house for free. And it'd be nice to live near Natsuki. You know, live around the corner, hmm. swing by. Keep your enemies closer. That's what they say. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, We've got one here from Henry. says, hey, Chris and Pete, my name's Henry from the colourful state of Colorado. Been a long-time subscriber and a podcast listener uh, and Patreon supporter. Thank you very much, Henry. You're awesome. Uh, I usually listen to the podcast while commuting or during work. During the most recent podcast, you mentioned you have an interest in in hiring Shoji, the rental man. Why not hire him (laughs) and bring him in the third season of Journey Across Japan? It would be interesting to see what viewers of the channel would think to see a seemingly random Japanese man accompanying you on your journey uh, and being in the background not doing much of anything uh, <laughs> best luck in 2021 Henry uh, and he is referring to Shoji Morimoto the guy who made headlines for being someone you could hire who would do nothing apart from <laughs> eat drink and give simple responses do you remember the story of Shoji from a few weeks back Pete I do and and, and he's uh, a very boring man you can hire by the hour um, it just it I'm very much into seeing you try and get him to express any opinion because that's kind of his thing, isn't it? He doesn't do anything. He just gives you kind of so-so answers to, to, to big questions and that's kind of his kind of his gig, really, isn't it? I wonder how much it would cost for you to keep him for like a couple of weeks or something. I think it was like $100 an hour, wasn't it, right. to, to hire the, uh, the bespoke services of Shoji. He was hired <laughs> for some pretty sad things. Like He was hired by people who were just lonely and just wanted yep. to sit in a room with someone or go to a restaurant but not be alone. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'd, be, I'd like to hire him, stick him in a room, put a camera on him and then throw like really profound, deep philosophical questions at him. Like, what do you think of existence, Shoji? And he'd be like... Ugh. Onion rings. You just say like some sort of simplistic, crappy answer that made no sense. I mean, that, that's basically your relationship with Natsuki in many ways, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> He's a man who just turns up. <laughs> we can't have two Natsukis, two Shoji's. No, on, uh, exactly. Just get him, just get Shoji to do like do your taxes or something. <laughs> Hire him for hundred pound an hour. Taxes. It's probably probably quite affordable, really. <laughs> or if I if I do buy a house to renovate. I'll just set yeah. Shoji to work. Just yeah, let exactly. him loose with a hammer. What could go wrong? Uh, <laughs> God. Shoji Morimoto, what a lad. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Abroad in, Japodca- Abroad in Japan podcast Abroad in at Japan gmail.com. Podcast. Abroad-, <laughs> <Fuck's sake. laughs> Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back to do it all over again on Sunday. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you on Sunday to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan podcast. Have a good one. was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Hold up. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 